Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley here with Illini guy Brad Sturdy and, of course, Director of Recruiting Kedrick Prince. The Illini beat the Lindenwood Lions 92-59 to tonight. It was a paint-by-numbers type of thing, but um, good teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. So for Illini fans, this is a big departure from maybe the gross era, et cetera, when we used to have to worry about these games. Brad, um, really it was a pillar to post Illini victory. What uh, what jumped out at you uh, on a night that, that so many things went well for the Illini? Well, I, I think that the first half Illinois played pretty well. Um, you know, I thought they did a nice job in the first half. They played, they moved the ball. The ball was, uh, humming around the perimeter, and I thought the the thing that stands out though is that Sky Clark. You saw some of the Sky Clark expectations. Why the expectations for him are so high? Because yep. of his skills, his ability to shoot the ball, his ability to handle the ball, make the right play. Not to mention, you know, play defense and also rebound, and you know, he just does a little bit of everything. And you know, they threw down the dunk, which I think got everybody like, "Whoa, wait, he can do that!" And, and yes, he can. And that's why he was a top ten kid at one point. And so I think there was that. I think it was good to see RJ Melendez and uh, get some shots to go down. And uh, even Matthew Meyer, I thought it was good to see him get some shots to go down because next week they're going to see that zone from Syracuse. They're going to need to make some shots. Yeah, and when and when Matt hits a, a three pointer or two, he's going to keep shooting until he gets that inevitable air ball, isn't he? Drain two. He's, well, as as I think it was one guy on our board said, I didn't hit the rim. Any either all three shots there in a row. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> that's a good. That's good. <laughs> that's that's funny. Uh, Ked, you know you you were obviously uh, you know covering it from afar because you have been all over the tournament in Washington, Illinois, which features uh, Morez Johnson. And uh, James Brown, along with uh, uh, Jeremiah. Um, uh, now I'm blanking. Jeez. Fierce, fierce. Yeah, thank you, Jeremiah Fears. I, I wanted to say I had Ronnie Fields' name just pop into my head. I'm like, it's not Fields. Uh, Jeremiah Fears. So, so you're looking at the 24s and the 25s and, and helping um, Illini guys, um, subscribers, hear all about what's going on there. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? I just my biggest concern has been the same concerns all season, the turnovers, and I don't. You can't minimize them. I mean, you they're important. Some of them are just careless. A lot of it, you know, you we can say it's the opponent, but that's even. I think that's worse. You know, you don't want. There's no reason a, a, a an inferior opponent should put you in a situation where you turn the ball over that much. I know when you play fast, that's going to happen. I'm not stupid. I understand that because sometimes you're gambling, but some of them are just unforced, and I'm just I'm just concerned about that. Other than that, that's my only thing. I mean, I was really glad to say, hear what Brad say, to get RJ going. I mean, Brad and I, we know how good Scott Clark can be, and I'm going to tell you another guy who is just going to – if this guy stays around for four years, Jay Nevsky is going to be in that top five in the record books because this kid can just get buckets. And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be around. I mean, he just is, and he's effective. When they're making shots like that from everybody like that, 
that's what's going to make them tough. And I'm really excited to see what this, you know, what the future holds with this group because I know for a fact that where the talent is, I know it's there. And the and the Matthew Meyer situation, I, yeah, it's good with the bat. He's gonna, you know, this is not, you know, nothing new. I mean, he'll hit eight, ten, twelve points, and you're gonna get one or two air balls. It's just who he is. <laughs> but he didn't stop shooting it. And I, me personally, I love that. Yeah, and and of course, Matt Meyer, fifteen minutes of playing time, and um, nine rebounds. So that's a, a heck of an effort. Um, and of course, Epps, I love his use of the board on runners. And in the second half, when he had that uh, runner from the right hand side, that I, you know, he paid for the whole bank board, and he used the very top of it to get that thing to come down. That was like watching like an old Larry Bird clip. Uh, it was fun to see that. Brad Coleman Hawkins, um, no points tonight. Um, is that something that um, frustrates him? He seems to be playing a total game. Didn't didn't put too much emphasis on scoring. Ended up, you know, getting some rebounds, some assists, um, maybe a little more turnovers than what you'd like to have out of him. But any any cause for concern there uh, from the fans? So uh, Coleman's been sick. Okay. Um, he only played 22 minutes in large part because of, he's been sick. And it actually has been running through the team. They came back to Vegas a little bit ill. They weren't the only ones. I mean, there were other guys who – quite a few people who actually went out to Vegas came back ill. Um, a number of them had RSB who were in the entourage. So these guys have been battling through some uh, difficult, you know, health things. So um, I think Coleman had some of that. He, but he played a really nice floor game in the first half, I thought. Um, you know, moving the ball. A lot of hockey assists, if that makes sense, um, yep. for those of you from hockey. Um, even though he didn't get credit with them. Second half, he had the turnovers. And I think sometimes, like Underwood said post game, he's got to turn the ball over some because he's got to make a lot of plays, too. And that, that's just Coleman um, in a nutshell. But he's such a good facilitator as a 6'10 guy at, at the front of your offense. And he is, you know, that's one thing I've noticed about this group is they are, they're, they're very good passers. When you think about Shane, uh, Clark, you think about uh, Rogers, you think about Hawkins, you think about Danger. Over and over, you get a lot of really good passers. The problem is, I think sometimes they try and make a play that is kind of a miraculous pass, if that makes sense. Yes. They're trying to, you know, <laughs> the immaculate, uh, you know, reception. They're trying to uh, recreate it, and it's. It's a little bit too much sometimes. They go a little too fast. And Ted mentioned the turnovers. I, I agree with him completely. I think some of it is just they try to do things that you you just can't do, and they get a turnover. Think about how many times. I think they had four times that where they stole the ball and then yeah. turn it over and it go the other way. And yep. it's just like it's, it's like watching, I don't know, what was that Northwestern game the other day? Was it, that clip from that game. It was a little yep. bit like that tonight. Yep, and uh, you know it, it. It was that's something they have to clean up and, and don't go about. They got again two more, two more dribble handoff illegal screens tonight. You know, just little things like that. But they can clean those up. I thought Hawkins was fine though. I, I think the one thing he does is that he is a, a key to their uh, half court offense because he is the guy who's going to keep the ball moving and keep it uh, get it to the right person. I really think he's important. For them and their half court offense.
Yeah, and I was surprised to see, you know, when you score 92 points, you don't exactly expect 22 turnovers. But those things do happen. Um, Ked, Ty Rogers, um, you know, still, you know, getting a little bit of confidence. I noticed a couple of his offensive rebounds. He was content to take the ball back out and reset the offense. You know, would it be good for him to just take the ball and, you know, do a pump fake and drive in and see if he can get an easy layup or dunk to help him, you know, feel more comfortable when he gets into the game? What do you think? Yes, and yes, and yes to the last person you talked about. Because I feel the same about Coleman Hawkins. You're going to need them to score. It's a confidence game. Though the, Tonight was the kind of game, and I know Brad mentioned that Coleman was sick. You need those guys to score. Because if you want them to be on the floor, because at some point, they're going to stop guarding them. And it's good. And Brad is 100% right. People were really critical of Coleman early. But you look up and he has seven or eight assists, and he does a lot of things. But he's good enough to score. They need that. And Ty Rogers, he's been foul prone. He is not even looking at the rim at all. I mean, and that's a concern for me. Maybe not for the team. I understand it's not my team. I'm not coaching, but it was me against a team like that. I knew he was going to get a lot of minutes. He needs to try to shoot the ball, get to the basket, to the free throw line, because it builds confidence, not just for now. So I tell you who else does it, it's Sincere Harris. He has no problem trying to get to the rim. So why shouldn't Coleman Hawkins, in my opinion, and or Ty Rogers? Because Brad doesn't say anything. And you know, we were I was one, I can't I'm not gonna say you guys, but I know I was kind of critical of Sincere's offensive game. And to me, I'm I'm impressed with it. Yeah, Sincere, um Sincere and Mr. Epps have no uh no fear. Um Maybe uh, Epps has a little bit better uh, judgment on what's a good shot and bad shot, but um, neither of them have seen, appear to have seen a shot that they don't like. Um, you know, go, going into this, Brad, what was Coach Underwood's mood after the game? Oh, he was happy because he's like, this is the game you needed. You, you needed this game. They've gone hard. They've done two days, actually, the last couple of days. And um, because they're, you know, not in school. They needed this heading into the Syracuse game because, you know, they really didn't scout Lindenwood, I mean, more than just a walkthrough this morning. They basically spent their time working on themselves. And that's what they needed here. And they go out and they show. And I thought first they did that. Second half, you see them get a little – and, you know, you just get a little loose with the ball. You try to do things you can't do. Um, try to do fun stuff. It's alley-oops, it's this, that, whatever. It's, it's not always a good thing. Um, but you you do that in this type of, type of game. But I, so he was happy in, in the sense that they did a lot of the things they had focused on, whether it was just guarding the ball, um, was one thing, and then also um, the rebound. And those were kind of his points of emphasis. He said our point of emphasis is going to be going forward is going to be not turning the ball over. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a point of emphasis. He said to be an emphasis in the next uh, week or so. So um, and so you're going to before they play Syracuse and Maryland. So. And, and that's the great part, guys. We're a week away from a Big Ten game on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's wild if you think about it. Yeah, that is that is so so awesome. Of course, we'll we'll make Larry get out and cover a, cover a game there, so so he earns his money. So that'll be awesome. Um, Ted, you're obviously the the first guy on the R.J. Melendez bandwagon. What did you think with his game? He came out of the gate uh, pretty hot today. That was good for RJ. I mean, he was he had, RJ had been pressing all year. Um, I think he fell in love with the jump shot too early. When he fell in love with the jump shot, 
I think it affected the rest of his game because the RJ that we knew and we all had high hopes for last year was the guy that took the ball to the basket and was able to get to the rim and he was very, very effective. And tonight he hit the jump shot, which was, which was great, but I would love to have seen him do, you know, get to the rim and do things early, get to the rim earlier. Because when you get a couple layups and a couple free throws, it changes the game. And But it's good to see him, you know, be this way. That's why I was saying earlier, it's nice to see those guys shoot the ball and, you know, and not just, you know, Sky and, and Terrence Shannon. It's a group of guys, and they're going to need that. Like Brad said, when they play Syracuse next week, he's going to sit in their zone until they prove that they can win. And the thing I like about Coach Underwood when you play against a zone against him, I like he's probably one of the few guys in college basketball who will stick a good guard or a good pass with the free throw line. So they may they knock down a couple of shots. I don't think Syracuse is going to stay in the zone very long because they have played some man to man this year, but they can't come out and go one for twelve. If they go one for twelve, they're going to be in trouble, even if it's at home. Yeah, it's amazing. Any almost any zone. Is is totally you know the kryptonite is to put a, a good passer slash shooter in the middle and you can usually take them apart piece by piece if they if they if you can get the ball into them. Um, Brad, I got a theory on Sky Clark. I, I think he's just been kind of you know he doesn't seem like he's been pressing. Is he just kind of putting you know kind of like how you put a put a wall together you know one brick at a time? He's just kind of patiently building it. And, you know, kind of going maybe at a pace Coach Underwood wants him to go at versus trying to take everything over early on. Because, you know, it, it, it seems like we're seeing more and more glimpses of that super high-ranked player. And I don't detect that he's feeling desperate or that he needs to prove himself. He seems really confident whether he's scoring 19 points or he's scoring five. Well, yeah, he's calm. He's in control, and that's, that's so rare. His maturity for a freshman guard is, like, off the charts. I mean, and I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that Illinois had a – you know, we've had some really good guards, you know, but from a true maturity and understanding the game standpoint, it's like I would go back to, like, Darren Williams. Like, okay. I mean, literally that level of freshman maturity is a true freshman. Um you know, yeah, we could say Io, but I felt like Io wasn't as good a decision maker as a freshman as Scott. You know, so I think he's a really great decision maker. He makes the right play. He understands what he's got to do. And, and I think he understands he has to get those other guys involved because that's the key. But like he said tonight, the ball, the ball found him. I was open. I took the shot. I mean, it's, sometimes I, you know, I could take a fourth shot. And, and I think there's a lot of things. That's one thing about this squad that is a good thing and also a bad thing sometimes is um, they're, they're a little bit unselfish, except maybe Meyer and yeah, they like to shoot. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, but even, even Terrence Shannon, you know, doesn't really force many, force many shots. Still leading score, score 20 points a game, but they're very unselfish. Even, you know, Dangish just is unselfish. I mean, very unselfish group. They like to share the ball. And, and I think that's key to is your point guards like that. And, and your point guard is a guy who, yeah, you can go out and get 19, but you can also score five, and you can win by 30. Or you can beat UCLA within scoring what eight points or something. So, yep. this is what you this is this is the kind of guy you want running your team. I, you know, and, and I'll be honest, with you, I feel like there's a the team is so 
he's not on the floor um, from a from both ends of the floor. Yeah. It, they, there is a calm, cool, collected nature to that team when he's out there um, that, that is just different. Um, you know, as, as we're watching this, uh, Ked, uh, you, you know, you, you had uh, Dane Danger yet another night, 17, 17 minutes, four rebounds, eight points, demonstrated some beautiful footwork. Um, boy, did, did you have any idea that this guy would be able to – I think he's kind of proving that he's not a flash in the pan and that he's putting this – this type of performance out every week. I'm going to tell you right now, I have nothing. I have no concern about Dane Danger at all. Um, other, I mean, I guess it, I want to be critical and, and, and be that guy, his free throws, but he even knocked down a couple of those tonight. Dane Danger is effective. I love his game. I I have no complaints. And I think he's a guy, he, he puts in work when he's in the game. He doesn't care who he's guarding. I like the fact that he looked the pass tonight out of it and that spin move going baseline was great. Yeah. You talk about you talk about a fine, a gym, a guy that's great. Can you imagine right now if he was starting and he was getting 30, 32 minutes a game, he would probably be averaging he would I know he'd average a double double. I, I, I'm I know that for a fact because he's proven that. And he can do it against very good competition. Next week against Syracuse, I'm kinda curious to see how many minutes he gets because Coach Underwood is all about matchups. I mean, they may not be a game for him, but overall, I think I love his game. There's nothing about his game I don't like. Yeah, he's he's been a great find. So, Brad, I, Coach, I, I, I go ahead. I want to have a comment on Dane. I actually, the one thing that concerns me about Dane is when we play teams like, when LA plays teams like uh, tonight, I, I don't feel like he rebounds all the time. Like, I think he. He was. I thought he was a little bit lazy tonight, like on defense and rebounding, um, compared to what he was in Vegas. And so I think the talent there. Yeah, I think if he was playing thirty to thirty-two minutes, he'd even knock you tank. I, I think that's why he's only playing seventeen to twenty because he's a little bit. Uh, he's still not in the best physical condition when it comes up and down. I don't know whether he has something, you know, because he's been working for a year now almost. He just doesn't have the same conditioning. That a guy like you, you take a guy like Coleman Hawkins who could go out there for about 38 minutes and be up. So Dane's just a little bit different, but I, I love his game. Think about this: Is it possible that Illinois is kind of in a better place even without Kofi Coburn at the five, just because of what they get from Dane coming off the bench? Now I'd like to have more depth. Don't get me wrong; I'm, I love Brandon Lee. Lead great kid, but I don't think he's the answer. But it would be nice to have another five who could play. But man, they just just he's a really really talented kid. Well, Leap Leap is the answer if you want to if you want Lindenwood to go on eleven zero run. That that's pretty much the answer. Now, in fairness to Brandon, he did shut that run down himself. He did. So three points. Nice. Yeah. So um, so Brad, we've got um. Jim Beheim, you know, talked about how the Big Ten wasn't that good. I'm assuming that uh, uh, Coach Underwood's got that on a loop, and they'll 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 see that before they play. Um, Tuesday night's the game, so here it is. You know, Friday night late. What do the next few days look like in terms of preparing for an ACC foe? Well, 
Illinois is going to rest tomorrow. Um, they're going to spend a lot of time hanging around. I mean, there will be some guys come in and get treatment, get shots up and stuff, but they're going to basically rest tomorrow because they've been sick with all the traveling and, and just they need a little bit of rest. And, and so tomorrow's that day. And then they'll go into game prep mode on Sunday. Um, they're still on break, so I, I, I'm, as I understand, they're going to do a two-day Sunday. Um, and then they'll be back, you know, on practice on Monday. And then um, they'll go a Tuesday morning walkthrough before the game. So they'll start scouting. Um, they'll have they'll watch film of, on uh, the night before the game and the day of the game. They'll watch um, Syracuse. Uh, they'll work on the get that zone. Um, all the you know the day before they'll spend two days working on the zone both day and Tuesday uh, working against that Syracuse zone to get ready for that game Tuesday night. Good, good. And of course, for those people who don't know, um, you know, or haven't aren't familiar with what preparation before a game, you can. If you're a member of Illini guys, you can go back and look at Brad's Fly on a Wall series where he had a chance to. Uh, be with the team as they prepared for games um, last season. And it's very educational on on uh, just how intense it is for this team to uh, get prepared. The, the, there's a reason why, um, you know, Coach Underwood's teams over the last three years have been number one in the Big Ten by a three-game margin and because they put in the hard work necessary to come out on the top when they play the games. Um, Ted, any, any thoughts from you as we kind of wrap this up in terms of, uh, uh, what's coming up this week with Syracuse and, uh, Maryland? Well, I want to talk about Jim Beheim first. I know a lot of Big Ten fans didn't like to hear it. And the guy who covered the Big Ten, I didn't like hearing his comments about the Big Ten, but truth be told, he was right. <laughs> yep. The Big Ten, they, they haven't won. You know, I'm sitting here, you know, watching Purdue play Gonzaga, these are games where the Big Ten can make a statement and, and get a lot of teams in, in the tournament. But honestly, again, um, I didn't like it. But if the Big Ten wants to get rid of that stigma, they got nine teams in the tournament. And, you know, I think it's a lot about matchups. I, I mean, one of my friends texted me tonight. We're talking about basketball. And it is. Sometimes you just get bad matchups. I know somebody's probably thinking, Kendrick, you, you, are you going to get bad matchups for 20 years? Well, that's possible, but also keep in mind during that 20-year span, they've had a lot of teams in the Final Four and a lot of teams in the championship game. They just didn't get it done. So, But if it was me, I'm, I'm telling my team and I'm trying to go out and I'm trying to smoke Syracuse by 40. That's just the type of person I am. Again, I hope that's what happens because I think that's pretty classic of a coach to say that publicly. I know they all think it, but I would never do that. So I hope Illinois goes out and, and they punish Purdue. I'm excuse me, Syracuse. Well, they can punish Purdue, too. I, I'm, I'm good with that, kid. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in Syracuse. And Maryland is dangerous. Nobody saw this coming, but, you know, there's always going to be one or two teams that surprise you, and Maryland is undefeated, and they're going to be tough. Yeah, and Dante Scott has been not a lot of fun for the Illini to play um, as they go along. Brad, any other uh, final basketball thoughts um, as we wrap up here? Yeah, I, I would say um, I, I'm going to throw in one little couple blurbs here. Uh, Luke Goody, good to see him up moving around. He's not on crutches anymore. He's just got the walking boot only, um, which, you know, he's had off and on. But, you know, he's, he's now he's just won the walking boot. Looks like this, I think it was December 10th-ish. 
growl is right around that time. Okay. And they'll go in and check it and see where, his, where he's at. But we'll know more about his status at that point, um, which is good. I, my, my thoughts on, um, yeah, the Big Ten hasn't won, but they, they've, they've been really good. It, it, they've, they've had teams advance the championship game, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois. Um, and I think the interesting thing about the Big Ten is since they, you know, Michigan State obviously you know, won the last championship, but think about the number of teams that have advanced the final four since that happened. Find me a league that has that kind of depth where you have that many teams making the final four. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's still a good league. Mayheim is, you know, he, once you get old, Mike, you lose your filter. And Mayheim's really old, so it's like talking to my mom. If she says <laughs> she probably shouldn't say, and she has no filter. So I'm just going to put Jim Mayheim in the grandfather category of no filter. Yeah, yeah, the the, the drunk uncle on, on Thanksgiving. So <laughs> what? One one last subject, you know, just kind of funny for for folks who uh, are in Central Illinois. Uh, Lindenwood had Brandon Trimble on the team. Um, was at two A um, St. Joe and literally single handedly carried a team to a state championship in 2016. Was darn near unstoppable. Um, I, I watched several teams. You know that he he just. They literally did everything they could do short of physically assault him, and he'd still end up with 40. Um, it's interesting, but against it just goes to show you, um, you know, even with great genetics, his dad was a decathlete at Arizona State. Um, you know, you have you have him at uh, uh, scoring three points. Didn't play a bad game, but but again, as great of an athlete as he is, you get up against the Big Ten, and you really understand how incredible these players are and don't ever forget that um one last thing i want to talk to both of you about is you know things have to happen sometimes in sports to make uh to make the underdog have a chance now i'm not trying to say that the illini are going to win the big 10 west but what needed to happen, at least one of two steps that needed to happen, and was probably the mo- probably the most unlikely step, was Nebraska went into Iowa, got up uh, big time, and then hung on by the skin of their teeth. Brad, any thoughts on you know where this puts the Illini uh, tomorrow and? And how much do you think they're going to be maybe pumped up for this game that they might not have been? And how do you keep them from watching the scoreboard there up in Evanston while they're trying their best to pound on the, the Wildcats? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Northwestern's probably going to fight. If Purdue scores up 14 oh, they're going to be putting that into the beat. Purdue leaves <laughs> Indiana 14 and nothing. Illinois take it easy. So, no, I, I, don't, I think these guys are fired up. They have something to prove after last week. I really think uh, with the, the Bielema stuff, with what he's had to deal with in the past two weeks, both his mother and his father-in-law passing, I, I really think that this is a team that's going to come out. Much like last year, if you recall, they put on a, yeah. they, they put on a clinic against Northwestern. I think we're going to see something uh, from a defensive standpoint. They're going to really have a good game plan. I think they're going to beat Northwestern. 
Yep. And and if that game is up there and Indiana's up seventeen to fourteen in the second half, those Illinois players are gonna be like, Holy crap, we this could really happen and and um and I don't know, I mean I know Purdue's uh I think a ten and a half point favorite on the road. Um, but Indiana just beat Michigan State. They're a team that is they've already beat Illinois. They're they're a dangerous team that at home that could you know, upsets happen in football, and, and, you know, it doesn't seem like it should happen, but, man, I, I will give, um, you know, if Indiana wins that game, I mean, those guys, those Illinois players are going to be, they're going to be, and I know it's at the same time, but if, if they, you know, you know coming out of search, it's going to be a little bit extra, and, uh, boy, it would be fun to celebrate a Big Ten West title on uh, at Ryan Field. Oh, that would be great. So, so Ked, you know, you've been in coaching in a lot of these. What are you going to try to tell your team? Because I'm assuming that these Wildcats, who aren't a very good team, are going to be really motivated to try to screw up a Illini uh, season by by hanging an L on them when nobody thinks they can. Well, the one thing I will say about Brett Bielema's team, they have been prepared all year. And I don't love these Smiths in the past, but I shouldn't say that because I want to talk about them and bring them up kind of contradicting myself here, but he was an uh, Illinois team coached by him or some other guys who didn't, weren't successful. Tim Beckman, you could go into Northwestern and get smoked. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't want to be political, and I don't want anybody tweeting at me or messaging me, and I'm not trying to be that guy, but I think the football gods are going to be on Brett Bielema's side this weekend. Um, you started this question out with the one possible thing that we didn't think was going to happen. Um, I do think tomorrow Indiana is going to be Purdue. I've said that all week. I did not think North. I did not think Nebraska was going to go. I, yeah. I didn't think North, Nebraska was going to Iowa City. I didn't, which is why I said the basketball gods. I think they're going to be on Brett Bielema's side. And to be honest with you, I think they deserve to win the West. They've been cheated, and I don't care if people don't like it. They've been cheated in three games. It cost them games. I'm not going to be politically correct here. And I think it's time for Illinois to have some luck on their side. They were the best team in the West all year. I think they are the team who deserve to go. If they don't go, then the basketball guys felt something different. But I think Illinois is the best team that should be playing in that West Division Championship. That's my two cents with it. Well, I appreciate that. And, of course, um, you know, we do want to say here at Illini Guys that our thoughts and prayers are go out to the Bielema family um, just – um, you know, all of us can only imagine how tough it is to lose, um, you know, his mother and then obviously um, father-in-law, uh, you know, his wife's father and and just within a week and then tied up around the Thanksgiving holiday. So, um, you know, we just uh, we all are, are really, um, you know, hoping and praying for uh, the Bielema family to. Uh, get through this, and uh, certainly we appreciate all the Illini fans pulling for him and obviously respecting the family's privacy. So thank you for that. So, Brad, I'm going to give you the the final word before I go into a few things, but any anything you want to say before we uh, head out of this podcast? Hey, before Brad goes, I oh, want to okay. apologize. I, I, I said basketball, guys. I meant, I meant football. Guys. We, we, so knew what you, we knew what you I'm meant, sorry. Ken. There was no problem I'm there watching, at all. I'm watching this Purdue and any guys like a game, and I'm thinking basketball. Well, well look, basketball. we'll, take, we'll take the basketball gods and the football gods. I'm all for it. All the gods. 
any guys. We'll take Greek gods, Roman gods, whatever gods want to come on. Egyptian gods, take them all. Any gods. I'm, I'm partial to Inca and Mayan gods, so let's get all of them here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, I, I think um, Quetzalcoatl, right? The, the, the that's, Az, that's Aztec, but yes. <laughs> Aztec, yeah. So as we go, as we kind of look at this upcoming schedule, I think it's a lot of fun right now. As you look at Illinois, well, you know, they, they get their Syracuse, and then they've got um, at Maryland, Texas, and Madison Square Garden. And then they, you know, Penn State at, at, at home in, in the Big Ten game. So this is a crazy stretch. And of course, then you've got, you know, a, a critter in Alabama, and but then you get the, um, you know, the Bragging Rights game, you know, Missouri. So this is a stretch of games that's going to be a lot of fun. This, we're going to watch this team grow up before our very eyes. And, and I, I really think it's going to be fun to watch. I'm not saying they're going to win every game. Yep. But it, I, I think they could win every game. But I, I think they're, they're, we're going to see some things. And they're going to get better and better. And, and I think this team's going to be ready to roll come January um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, that's a great way to kind of wrap this up a, a little. A, wrap this up, Brad. I certainly appreciate that. Kedrick, we appreciate all your feedback as well. And, of course, IlliniGuys.com is what fuels I on the Illini, along with our radio program, Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. So if you want to join, hey, look, this is a great time of year. If you want to get a gift for somebody, if you've got an Illini fan that you're friends with, you want to make an impression on them, get them an annual subscription to IlliniGuys.com. It's only $99. That's where we started. We haven't, no matter what all this inflation is, we haven't raised our prices, $99 for a year. Um, also check out, we will have a uh, opportunity for folks to uh, grab a sweatshirt. You need to get uh, subscribing just as soon as possible for our Black Friday deal. Uh, that's where you get an Illini Guys sweatshirt along with your subscription. Makes it a heck of a deal. Um, but what's really good about our website is is you get all the content, we put out a ton, but you go back into the message boards or the forums, and that's where you can send messages back and forth and, and get into debates with all sorts of Illini fans. They're arranged by uh, you know topics uh, under the football, basketball, and other sports. Um, but you can argue about Lovey Smith, you can argue about Brett Bielma, you can argue about the offense, you can argue about the defense, you can argue about basketball, you can argue about things that have happened 30 years ago. It doesn't matter. Um, but what's really cool is you can also sit and talk with and ask questions of Matt Stevens, Brad Sturdy, Kedrick Prince. You can say, hey, I was reading your article and I didn't understand this, or what did you mean by? And you can have that back and forth interaction that you just don't get when you're on you know, ESPN or you're on The Athletic or something like that. So um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Brad and Ked have been covering Illinois sports for decades with an S. Um, so they have contacts everywhere and gives us a lot of inside information. So please give us a try. And again, if you got a friend, maybe buy one for them. We would love to have uh, more subscribers. Uh, this is an exciting time of year. 
and with the Illini going into a bowl game and with Brad Underwood having this team clicking, uh, it should remain to be a really fun place for years to come. If you need any reminder of what that could look like, go back and look at the Illini records back in the 80s, the last time we had two good coaches. Uh, the basketball and football team were in the top 20 for most of the decade, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we also have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our radio show. It's two hours, and it's on every Friday or Saturday. You go to IlliniGuys.com, click the radio button. When you click that, then you go and look at the cities and the radio stations that it's on. Find the one closest to you. Tune in. It's either Friday or Saturday, and the time will be right there. Please listen to our show. We would love to have more fans listening as well. And if you could, please call up the radio station and thank them for playing us. That is a great way to provide them feedback. And the last thing is we have our podcast, the Sturdy for 30, Eye on the Illini and Keds Recruiting Roundup. Please take a look and listen to those. Subscribe to all three. And when if you like it and you think we have earned it, please give us a five-star review. That really helps us with advertisers, and it helps us in terms of building up our base as well. So thank you very much, folks. We will be back on Saturday with another podcast talking about what we hope is the Illini victory over Northwestern. And with some luck, maybe it'll be the Illini victory that puts them into the Big Ten championship game. But we need some Hoosier help. We got Nebraska today. They helped. Now it's time for the Hoosiers to step out step up. And with that, this is Mike Kegley saying, go Illini.